Hello and welcome to I'm Your Biggest Fan, the podcast that chats to your favourite artists about their favourite artists. I'm your host, Jasmine Lamy, in conjunction with the Noise Podcast Network and sponsored by Satanic Tico. On today's episode, we're chatting about Metallica, the absolute biggest thrash metal band on the planet, responsible for influencing probably every band you've ever loved at this point in one way or another. Not to mention their influence on Joe Nally, bassist and vocalist for the metal band Urn. We talk about just how many times Joe has bunked off school for his insatiable hunger for new music, the time he met both Jason Newstead and then later Kirk Hammett, and just exactly which album he ranks far worse than the infamous Sin Anger. Take a listen. So as I explained before as well, like the whole point of this podcast and interview series mm-hmm. is to basically like, like I said before, like take you back to your childhood and like reminisce on the reasons and the band that got you into this career in the first place. And mm-hmm. especially like as a musician doing interviews all the time and with social media, I can imagine that a lot of people forget that their favorite musicians just started out as fans like the rest of us yeah 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 so Uh the band you want to talk about today which is exciting uh is metallica Uh uh-huh if no one indeed if someone doesn't know who metallica is then they should Uh probably stop listening (laughs) but i feel um, like a lot of people would say metallica as well it's it's the easy choice but it's it's a truthful choice for a lot of people Do you know what's the cool thing about this, though? Because I know there are two bands I'm going to interview, and they both want to talk about Iron Maiden, but those two Uh bands sound wildly different. So the cool thing about Uh this is even if your influences are the same as someone else's influences, Uh the way Urn sounds could be completely different to the way another band sounds, because no one's like journey is the same as other people's. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. Guess like my first question is: Do you remember the first time you heard Metallica? Uh, yeah, I think. Oh God, I want to say it was nineteen. Oh Jesus, nineteen ninety nine. I maybe been, a bit before that. Oh, I was I, young. <laughs> I, would, I would have been barely two. <laughs> Bless you, God. <laughs> Well, I, I remember going to a friend's house and uh, one of my best mates, uh, who was a few years younger than me, but like he was lucky, her older brothers were like metal metalheads. So from like like the age of whatever, I mean, he was in- introduced to it, God knows what age. So we used to always go down there and like the older brother would be like, you know, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching like as a kid, seeing like the Freak on a Leash video and I was just like, fuck. But he played me Metallica 1, and he did it on, like, some whatever illegal download software, like Kazaa or LimeWire, <laughs> or some people might remember those. And he played me, but it was the second half of 1. So when it's just like... Okay, And yeah. he was just like... And I'm like, oh, my God, he meant, I bet you can't... Like, I bet you don't know how the first half of this would start. And I was like, you know, there's me kind of like listening to like Meatloaf and Bon Jovi and Aerosmith, <laughs> and and I'm like, uh, I like, I, ha- I had no idea. It, I was like, well out of my depth. But like, the the hardest thing I'd ever bought was like Americana by The Offspring. Like, 
Um, and that was like saved all my like lunch money at like fucking middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, no, I don't know. I couldn't imagine. And I just yeah. remember hearing the intro with like the kind of the gunfire with the kind of helicopter and the, the person shouting. And I was just like, listen to that. And then he played from there. He played it all the way through. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was just like, oh, what, what? Like, and it's still out to this day. Like, even though it's like obviously a played out song and it's one of the biggest metal songs ever, it's still the, it's the risk of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember being like, oh my fucking God. But then like the next thing I heard was like something from Load. So I was a bit like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, who is this? Quite the like, jump. Yeah, that was the moment. Yeah, it uh, Yeah. Oh, well, I'll talk about I'll talk about something <laughs> in, a, in a minute. But yeah, that was my first introdu- introduction to Metallica. Nice. So is that like because I find so one of my favorite bands, Guns N' Roses, my favorite song of uh-huh. all time is Welcome to the Jungle, which is also the uh-huh. first Guns N' Roses song I heard. And even though uh-huh. it's like one of their biggest songs, it still holds like a special place to mm-hmm. me. So. <laughs> is one also one of your favourite Metallica songs, or has other songs since then overtaken it? I'd, I'd say other songs have take, taken over it, and but it's still like it's a song like you kind of. I mean, you've got these your songs like "Sweet Child of Mine," "Sandman." One, I mean, think of things that were on Kerrang and on Scuzz that were overplayed, so mm-hmm. you can't go to it too much because it's been, you know, it's it's been so ingrained that that kind of special. It's like if you have like your like a favorite like random example. I when I first saw Gladiator the movie, I I could only watch it once every five or six years to have that oh my yeah. god feeling again. It's like watching one of them things where I couldn't watch it over and over. Like I know people who watch Lord of the Rings films every month or what have you, and I'm like I feel like you would I'd lose what made it special to me. It it would just become a nothing. Yeah. So when every now, every now and then I put Metallica on and be it sometimes the S&M version of it, where it's like, yes. you know, it's taken on a different different form, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there's all these other cool things to it. Every now and then, like, I listen to it and I'm like, that's, that's perfection. That opening, and it's when I see the video, the black and white video, and the, uh, it kills me because that band was so special mm-hmm. and the thing's going across Hetfield's face and just that, dun, 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 that's, that, opening yeah to me still as perfect as music can be and it, thinking about it now i'm like i would do anything for that to have that um but yeah i still think it's you know it's certainly up there for me and it's like you saying like i feel like most bands when i hear that the first album i hear by bands will probably always remain my favorite album by then mm-hmm. because it's just that kind of maybe more so when i was younger yeah. like my favourite Metallica album has probably always been Injustice. Um, my favourite fucking Maiden... Well, I'm saying that Maiden has changed. <laughs> oh, yeah? Maiden has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say... Uh, I'd say Seventh Son... Oh, but... Oh, I was, I'm a big Brave New World fan, actually, of Maiden, actually. So that's... But that was like a big album when I was growing up. Yeah. Bruce's comeback. But, um, but, yeah, for me, one is... It's certainly in the top five. Like, and if I'd never heard Metallica before and somebody played me that, I would still be, uh, I, I would, I want that feeling again. 
yeah that like kind of yeah, like nice hairs standing on yeah. the back of your neck yeah 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 100 percent. oh yeah. yeah i got i got exactly the same feeling when i heard welcome to the jungle for the first time and just those like opening notes so, yeah yeah. i know Dang, what you yeah. mean <laughs> yeah yeah totally oh god love music so you were saying there that like at the time before you heard that song you were listening to like bon jovi and aerosmith um so obviously a song like one is so wildly different to a lot mm -hmm. of songs that those two bands released like there's a, there's a couple mm -hmm. of like dry county for example by bon jovi yeah that's literally what yeah yeah the <laughs> second half of that song fuck oh god <laughs> but, fuck you know besides the obvious like what stood out about metallica over any other bands that you'd heard up until that point like what set them apart from everything else that you were listening to at that time well for me I mean, I know some people want to go to the first four albums and like fuck the black album or some people like the first five. I mean, if, I'd happily have the black album over kill them all. But what I, what I feel it is with the ride master justice and black album is they, how they would structure songs right. and they would take you on this journey and it'd be like, like, wow. Like, and then the next song might be whatever fucking dire's Eve. And you're like, Oh my God. And then the next song could be this, but as a kid, when I, I remember first seeing them, the light, but it was with Jason. So it was a photo with them, with Jason with the long hair. And it was just this, I'd never seen it before. And I, it was, it's, I think the thing with them, and Metallica still to this day, wise, wise decisions or shit decisions or whatnot, they literally do what they want and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's, Probably cause a bit of an issue, probably as time's gone on. Maybe one too many yes men going, Lars, you sound fucking great. <laughs> and then, now we're here and it's a bit of a nightmare. But it's, they just didn't care. And they, they stuck to their kind of guns and, you know, but I will always let them off because what they did with those first five, I've slightly warmed to load as I've kind of gotten older. But what they, what they just, they did. And when I watched the, I've got the a box set and it's got the, metallica 89 and it's them on the justice tour and it's just that's just at its peak i think it's the greatest like there's been some amazing live like concerts from the 80s and through to the 90s that have come out on vhs dvd what have you but i watched that and it still gives me this excitement mm -hmm. like pull it on and i'm like oh my god this this is going to be I'm going to have the best two and a half hours just watching a band in their prime. Yeah. And I think no matter like what it is, you kind of obviously had Lars back then and Jason, Jason's the reason I play bass, the reason I do vocals, even though he's not a vocalist, he, he's back in vocals sound like hell, but it's Hetfield. Mm -hmm. Hetfield here. I feel like that's probably the one person I'd, I'd meet and I'd fucking faint. And I've been lucky to meet, some of Metallica mm. and I know I felt like I just jumped out of a plane <laughs> but I was just like fuck you yeah, know but I think if I'm at Hetfield it like it's you know obviously again as a touch on it's a shame maybe where they are now kind of some crappy lyrics and whatnot well there are crap lyrics but for what he did mm -hmm. what he means to so many people that's yeah and yeah. but that guy just looking at him 
on the bit of glasses and the like the long sleeve fucking just looking the menacing em- the embodiment of yeah. cool <laughs> yeah 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 and then i kind of grow up and realize he's actually maybe when he says he's always jokes always seem to be really bad dad jokes and he has a really annoying laugh but if he didn't do that everything else is perfect oh i love bad dad jokes though i i have a lot of my own bad dad jokes <laughs> I mean, I've got time for it, um, but not when it's James Hetfield looking cool as fuck in 1989. Oh, that's true. So after you heard one for the first time, like when, mm-hmm. where did your like journey go from there? Like, did you go and explore other songs by yourself? Did you buy an album? <laughs> well, yeah, this I uh, touched on earlier. So I went... There's a, used to be a place called CD Warehouse. I, I think there was a, a chain. It wasn't like that big. And um, I would save money throughout the week. Like my mum would give me like money for like, like food at school and I'd save it. I'd starve myself. Mm-hmm. And um, you could go to CD Warehouse and you could buy a brand new copy of an album or they had second hand. So it's just like, okay. So you would kind of figure out, you'd read your whatever magazines, your Kerrang, like fucking Metal Hammer, terrorize and they'd be okay i want to get an album by that band and then you would go in and you could be like buy a brand new one or you might be able to get two for a tenner and you would buy the one you'd want it and then mm-hmm. you'd buy you would take a punt now i've had some bad times i've taken a punt <laughs> on a few albums where i'm like i've heard of this band i couldn't tell you anything i walked away with a band called orgy um once and orgy, i bet you i bet you bought uh, it just for the name yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> in school, they're going to think I'm a right fucking scoundrel. <laughs> but no, it was um, Orgy. They were like a new metal band. They did a, a, a song with Jonathan Davis called Revival. And um, and that's probably, I saw the name Jonathan Davis, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got I got Injustice for All. And when I'm, and I just studied everything to do with it, the art, the lyrics, who who did what who did this um and i was like oh my fucking god and the next week i went back to get my next issue of whatever what next album and i went to a guy who worked there you know bear in mind i'm like fucking 12 or something mm-hmm. and i was like what's the next metallica album and he's like get this and i i had ride the lightning he told me he was like get this and i got it and i was like yeah went home and he told me to get load. Well, I was like, what a bastard. So I went <laughs> home and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, ain't my bitch or something. And I was like, oh. Like, and I remember taking it back and I was like, not now, mate. Like, can I swap this for the, for the album I wanted? Yeah. And uh, and I got that. I got Riot the Lightning and I got Best of the Beast. I think it's the best Iron Maiden greatest hits comp. And, um, and I was like, like fucking it was like i was just entered like heaven yeah i was like, i didn't know what to do like it was my first maiden record and for me like none of my family are like into rock or metal or anything okay. so it's kind of me and my mate greg where we're like from there wasn't there weren't many like lads into like like metal at all you know mm-hmm. and uh you know kind of from from uh south london you know you have your pockets of people that you find over time, but you need to get there first. Yeah. And um, I remember me and Greg were just, he was more into kind of like 
punk and I was into metal, but you know, we'd each go like, I want to go and see this band. Yeah, I'll come with you and you can come with me to see this band, you know? Yeah. And that's how we did it. And um I just like remember just kind of you make mistakes, you, you buy things, you go to shit concerts, you buy a crap magazine. And it was all just learning. But I think at that time I was just hungry for Metallica, kind of anything to do with Metallica. But it was at a time when Metallica weren't really what the band the band I was listening to. And then I would watch look at them in Kerrang where they've all kind of got like bleach hair and wearing vests and smoking cigars. And I'm like, is that their dads? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, this is not the band I fell in band. love with. Yeah. But it was just, I was just getting like hungry, hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I just went and bought some of like, got the S&M VHS. God, fucking hell. And I got this cunning stunts. And then a few years went by and then it was coming up to Scent Anger coming out. Ooh. And it was my first time, like, of being a Metallica fan, like, of a new album coming out. So we had, I think, I had S&M, but that's a live album. And I think there was Garage Days, just as I was kind of getting into them. But it was new, new material. And that, I just remember the, the excitement building up to that. So what a joke. <laughs> yeah. But, Do you remember the first time you heard St. Anger? I I bunked off a school to get St. Anger in a I went I went into Croydon to get it. And my parents were out of work or whatever. And uh got home, put it on. And I didn't know if it was good or not. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm still young and I just weren't sure and I remember that with it there's like a live DVD of them playing the album and I just always thought that was better and I, I think my dad came home so like, I was school today and I was like yeah wicked mate one of the best one of the best he's like that's funny because you was in Croydon at half past ten I was was I <laughs> was I ah oh, fuck <laughs> I didn't know what to do and I got caught twice doing that for that album and for the end of heartache same thing I just left a receipt on the table and it's uh, the same fucking thing happened. But yeah, um, and I, it didn't matter to me. It was like, this is oh, it's Metallica. And then, then I saw him for the first time at Reading uh, 2003. And it, it was like, uh, it was like almost like I just, I think I was 16. Oh God, I can't even remember what age, 15. I can't even fucking think. And I just remember the lights going out. And I was so, like the youngest one out yeah. of all like the older like metal heads that we went with from our area. And I just, it was just. Did you. Again, go, I can't even tell if it was good or not. Did you go specifically to see Metallica or are you just going in general? It, no, to see Metallica. Um, I can't, I think the rest of the bills. I want to say, mate, maybe System were on the bill. Some 41. I can't really remember, but it didn't. It didn't matter. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was the I was like the young pup with all the older ones, and like I remember like be, getting served beer, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah!" All that that <laughs> stubble I've been growing in school. It's it's one I'm over. Paying like, off. People didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, She's, uh, saying that somebody come up to me yesterday and they were like, "Mate, I haven't seen you for thirteen years. You look exactly the same." And I was like. 
that means I've always looked old. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, it's not that I've meant I look young, but how fucking gutting is that? And um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just remember, and I was like, this is, it, it was amazing. It was so, amazing. So that was obviously like a festival setting, and I find seeing bands in yeah. festival settings is so different to seeing them on headline uh-huh. shows. I'm assuming, <laughs> had you seen, then gone and seen them on headline shows after that? Oh, yeah, I think I've seen Metallica like for fucking 30, 40 times. Um, and when, it's a hard thing because, you know, they've become a very sloppy band. It's not like going to see Maiden now. And obviously they sound a bit older, but they still sound, you know, they still sound, the musicians are great. And Bruce, obviously your voice is going to sound a bit different, but. Um, and obviously Metallica, they've let a lot too much slide. Mm. But when they're on and they play the right, right set list and the vibes there, and you've got your mates with you, it don't matter, you know. It's yeah. That that's you know they're playing the songs and Lars is attempting to do them. And um, <laughs> I've had some great ones, you know. I was at that download which Lars missed, and you know, I, people at the time were like, "Oh, Joey was amazing. He was fine." He played a lot of stuff that's not in them songs. Dave Lombardo from Slayer, on the other hand, I was like, fuck, you know, it sounds like it's meant to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, saw him do the whole of Puppets. That was great. And went to like the Death Magnetic release party and what have you. And But when I've seen them and they're good, it's good. But then I've seen them be absolutely bog standard. And whereas what's the sad thing, of, like again, for bands like, You'll never see Maiden and go, that was fucking shit. It might not have been what you wanted, but they still played. Yeah, they played correct, you know, they played to the best of what they can do. Yeah. I think Metallica now is a really fine line of what you're gonna get. But I I've had some amazing times and there was a a festival we played and Metallica were headlining and I just was with my mates. I just got sorted all our mates' passes. I met Kirk Hammett that day, which oh. is a I'll get on to that, which is a funny story of what's happened in my life the last year. Okay. Um, and it's just like I was there and I just remember the intro music coming. Angus looked at me, pulled his glasses down, and in a tear fell down his cheek. Oh, and I was like, come on, like buzzing. <laughs> and it was amazing. And it was just me and like four or five of my mates just like having the best time. Yeah, oh, I fucking love that. And like environment and atmosphere, especially in live shows, I find is so important. Especially in like rock and metal too. Like I get that obviously a band has to play their songs good, mm. but mm. like that's that's the beauty of live music. Like it's supposed to be a show yeah. and a performance. You know, it's like <laughs> more visual, I guess, and atmospheric rather than like having it be absolutely note for note perfect yeah, like yeah. it is on records but like you I say mean, there's a fine me, line <laughs> yeah i mean and they tread it too close but for me like you know there's this whole thing at the moment so many bands using backing tracks and whatnot mm. sometimes it gets a little bit perfect and polished i like things when there's a little bit of a push and a pull and you can hear it with slayer and you know what have you when it's, it's more of the old school kind of fresh bands where it's sometimes it might be a little bit off the beat, like a little bit further back, or some times like Slayer, like I say, it somehow gets faster and it yeah. just adds an energy and it makes it makes it cool. But you know, 
I, I went to see something uh, last night and I, I really fucking struggled. It wasn't necessarily in my field of what I, I like musically, uh, but one of the guys in one of the bands out of the build, I actually think is kind of a, a cool band because they do some stuff slightly different, invited mm. us out. And um, I think they were the only band who had like any like melodic passages or what have you. And it was all to a click. Everyone, every I think everyone was sort of to a click really, and it was all very, oh, I, I you know, it was hard for me. Um, yeah. uh, but then a couple of weeks ago, like me and Angus would go and watch an old band, Sacred Reich, at the Underworld, mm-hmm. not in ears or whatnot. And I was just like, it's just a different vibe, it's just a cool vibe. It's so, weird yeah. as well because, like, one of the things that I fell in love with about rock and metal is like how imperfect and like dirty and dangerous it is so mm-hmm. to have like backing tracks become such a mm-hmm. staple part of people's sets now i'm like no yeah. that was like the yeah. main essence of rock and metal was that it wasn't perfect it, was that it was messy it is, the danger is the one thing like when i think of danger and that's when i think of, to be fair like i think of young guns and roses and i'm like i can't imagine what that would have been like to see young metallica where i'm like i would have felt like it was that kind of fever pitch like bubbling throughout the whole set um and i i i do love i mean i love that way there's there's an energy and you know we were fortunate enough to go out of gajira this year and apart from the click into the songs there's no click track and it just adds like what every night it was different Mm-hmm. Apart from one or two bits where they do the kind of like Jean Michel might get up there and jump off, it was, and you can tell they come off sweating, and I'm like they've really gone for it, and you can tell the bands where it's a bit more contrived. I'm gonna run there, and I'm gonna go mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm gonna do this and that. Come off fresh because they yeah. know what they're doing. Where they, when I see Gajira and like, a few other bands, and it's just like we're going out there and we're just gonna go for it. Fucking yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I wish I, I wish I got to see that Metallica. I don't think my fucking heart would have been able to take it, to be fair. <laughs> I would have been like, this is the best thing of my life. You would have just fainted in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy's having a great time. No, I've died. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, so Earn have two full-length albums, 2021's Serpent mm-hmm. and Spirit and 2023's A Feast on Sorrow. How has your love of Metallica influenced your own music writing and how has that changed over time? Uh, I certainly think for Serpent, it's some bits I'm like, oh, that's a bit too much. Um, <laughs> like we put an instrumental on that album and, you know, there's there's really great prog bands that do instrumentals and, you know, I don't know how many metal bands do a proper instrumental, but I think... There's parts of it are like kind of inspired by Megadeth and Megadeth by Metallica, <laughs> but it's actually a bit. I was meant to say it's actually a bit more inspired by Megadeth, the, right. the, the kind of playing because I wrote a lot of the riffs on that. Whereas I think people go, "Oh, it's, it, it's Metallica," and I'm like, "No, actually, anything more of the riff style on that song was Megadeth." But there's certain things like having eight tracks, and I grew up and thinking eight tracks was the best. And that's Metallica did for a couple of albums. Give them eight tracks. I'm like, let's make them eight tracks amazing. I don't want to yeah. focus on any more than just giving, you know, at one point, obviously, we will have to. But it was like, do the eight tracks. And then on the old Metallica albums, you'd have like the song title. And next to it, you'd have the, the running time and not 
full albums do that. And it was just yep. like, you know, and it's, I don't know, just trying to, on both albums, having a centerpiece as well. Not a mad artwork where shit's going everywhere. There was, with Metallica, there was always something in the middle. Ride the Lightning, you know, and the Master of Puppets was all, like, you know, the crosses kind of mm-hmm. lit going right in the middle all the way to the back and Lady Justice. And that's what I kind of like. And it was kind of bits, but musically, there's some bits. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite clear we're Metallica fans, and we we don't hide that at all. Um, I think maybe on Feast there was a bit less of that. Um, I think maybe yeah, I think there was. I think it was a, a bit more of a heavier album instead of a kind of classic metal. I do think sometimes I'm like, Phew. like the opening of Serpent and Spirit opens up with like a twin guitar. Like, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a kind of a thing going back to Metallica Blackened where the kind of harmony guitar kind of comes in. Uh, so there's certain bits, but um, yeah, they are still our biggest. Like if me and Angus are kind of like struggling, I'll be like, Angus, get YouTube on, type Metallica, 1986, <laughs> Canada, and let's watch <laughs> it. By the end of it, we're like, get the fucking guitar, we're ready. You know? Oh, I fucking <laughs> love that. So, <laughs> so we do it all the time it's so sad right and i'll be like oh god someone's uploaded the bootleg of a show angles like fucking 1989 japan get it on so you mentioned that you've seen metallica quite a few times on headline mm-hmm. runs and at festivals did you manage to catch them at their downloads set recently when they did two sets? No, I didn't. I think we were... Oh, God. We were out with Keturah. So, <laughs> I believe, and I can't remember where we were, but I'm kind of not gutted about it. I've heard really mixed things, and I just wasn't wasn't sure if I would enjoy it. And I've seen them... I've seen them enough, so if I don't see them, I'm never like, oh, fuck. Um, But, yeah, how was it? It was okay. (laughs) Like, I've only seen them, I don't know if you would count downloaders, like, twice, or, like, I count it as one occasion. So I've seen them twice. The first time I saw them was on the Hardwired tour. Um, Mm -hmm. And then second time was was a download just gone. Um, yeah, yeah. And the first set set list was like weird choices, very left field, like mm-hmm. not the deep cuts you think people would want to hear. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, like I always like, obviously I love like Enter Sandman. That's all like always going to be yeah, yeah. the biggest one at the end. And when they didn't play it at the end of the first set. I felt empty and like something was missing and like, you know what I mean? Like I knew it was going to come in the next set, but I was like, it doesn't feel right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, I get it. You know, it's just weird, isn't it? It's like, Oh God, I don't put it on at home because it's been played to death and whatnot. But all of a sudden you'll be seeing them live and then they start it. And it's just like, this is great. (laughs) You know, it's gone out the window. You're having the best fucking time. Um, yeah. but yeah, so they finished off on puppets, I guess, right? 
Not on the first set, I don't oh, think. Okay. That's what I mean. Like all of the big songs they didn't play until the second set. Like it wasn't spaced out yeah. evenly. It was like the first okay. set was all like the weird left field choices. And then the second set was, I guess, what you would consider a normal Metallica set. It's a shame. And I, I, do you know what as well? It's going to sound really silly. I hate the colouring, the yellow. I just, it feels like I'd be standing in front of the Ikea sign, <laughs> kind of being like, what the fuck's going on here? So, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the colour schemes. I've been seeing, I don't know, it sounds really silly. Um, so, uh, what about yeah, the album I'm, itself? Terrible. You don't like it? Terrible. No, I'm not. And I feel really bad. That our, we're on the same booking agency as them. I have to be honest, like, I'd, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be myself if I wasn't. I think there's, I think the opening track's fine. I think it's really cool. I'd tell you what I will say, James Hetfield sound, vocally sounds fucking amazing mm. for a guy of his age to sound that good. And I think lyrically, I think there's some really cool stuff that he's done. I think the last song's really good, but where people are like, it's 11 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but eight of them minutes is exactly the fucking same. Mm. But I think there's some really good bit, good bits in it. There's some good bits throughout the album, right? But I don't. I think the Hardwired album. I think, and I, I chat, chat to Jamie Gaberti a bit. Oh, I'm yeah. quite big into that album, and he's just like, I will, you know, that, that that's a battle I'll die for because it's like I think there's some really good songs on Hardwired. Hardwired there's a couple of really, yeah. There's a couple of really like man unkind i'm like oh god don't do the play on words i think man unkind's a bit shit and there's a couple of others but i think the first six songs i think i like fucking hell like there's some really good things in that um mm -mm. but i just thought 72 seasons and i felt like i was i felt like it took 72 years off my life when i listened to it to be fair let alone seasons <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not it bums me out it bums me out. Um, one of my um, one of my really good mates is a huge Metallica fan as well, and mm. like we were we were talking about all the singles as they were coming out during the seventy two seasons campaign, and I think there was like three or four singles, and each single I was like, "How is this a single? If this is a single, what does the rest of the album sound like?" Mm. And there wasn't anything like grippy. Um, and they were all very like monotonous all the way through. Like it yeah. was very flat. A lot of the, the songs. Well, the drums. The drums are definitely fucking uh, like replaced. It's definitely not live drums. There's no dynamics. Every hit's just like it's, it's mm. just like. And I mean, it's literally hi hat and snare for most of it. Just going did it and 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 did it. But then I see people go, "It's the album of the year," and I'm like. Right, look, I love Metallica, but I am not going to be mental. Do you know what I mean? It's like I thought that as well. Right when the book, um, the last Maiden album come out, I was like, "Fuck!" But then at the end of that album, is one of the best Maiden songs I think they've ever done. So I let it off. But I mm. think, core, that's a bit of a slog. <laughs> Save that. Saying the new Megadeth album as well. First song, I was like, "This is amazing." The rest of it, I was like, "Oh God, disappointment." Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas I will say things like, I mean, yeah, 
I thought the last Judas Priest album was amazing. And I think this new Judas Priest album is going to be amazing. So, you know, some of the old timers have still got, you know, what Judas Priest did was get a shit hot young guitarist and he's revived the band, sort of mm. made it cool again. And I think, oh, Metallica. Oh, but yeah, I can't, can they? They can't go, oh, Lars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's only so much the same combination of musicians can do oh. over like 40 mm. years. Mm. without yeah. like and outside input yeah i just yeah I, I i would love for them to really go with a young hungry producer uh and they kind of give him the reins to tell them no that shit like that's not happening go get go with someone go with joe from a or fucking Go matey from Converge. Go with someone to do something completely what people aren't expecting. Mm-hmm. But they will go with the same producer they've been same engineer they've done for the last three albums, and they sound so. It's one thing is I think the productions are just so polished and a bit lifeless. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but yeah, I wasn't a fan of Simpsons. So of their eleven albums, how would you rank them? You know, um, <laughs> I like oh, that you've God. mentioned you've mentioned S and M because that's one of my like favorite albums of all time. Full stop. There's Am just I so... allowed to put that in there as a live album? Gone. Just just this once. I'll let you have it. <laughs> oh, I'll include I'll incl- include Garage Days um, as well. Right, and Justice for All, mm-hmm. Master of Puppets. Ride the Lightning, Black Album. Oh, no. Ride the Lightning, SNM, yeah, SNM 1, we forget about two, SNM 1, Black Album, Garage Days, mm-hmm. Kill Em All, Load, no, Hardwired, Load, Death Magnetic, Oh, <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? Free shit songs, free shit albums at the end. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, reload, uh, Saint Anger, seventy-two seasons. You think seventy-two seasons is worse than Saint Anger? That is a hot take. <laughs> I I think it's comfortably worse than that. At least with Saint Anger, there's a bit. Ah, oh, I'd have Saint Anger above Reload actually, because. There's that bit, there's a bit in, I remember watching the premiere of St. Anger, the video, and look, there's some bits on that album that are go go hard. Mm-hmm. Then the problem is the song ends up being nine minutes. I'm like, cut six minutes off of each track and you would have had fucking ten songs that would have been three to four minutes of just going like, and people would be like, yeah, fuck it. They just went and made a hard album, which comes in at about 35 minutes, but instead it comes in about 75 fucking minutes. It's too long, and there is some dross on it. But no, actually, okay, yeah. So, Saint Anger Reload, seventy-two seasons. God damn! <laughs> that changed. That changed tomorrow. That changed like, tomorrow. Mic drop. <laughs> no, it will change. I'll be sleeping on that now. I'll be like, you fucked up. People, <laughs> the, the people are going to think you've made a bad choice. Oh fuck the people! We're allowed opinions. <laughs> 
God. Yeah, no, definitely must. Definitely and justice one for me. It's the first one yeah. I heard. Yeah, of course. It's got that sentimental value behind it as well, doesn't it? And that never changes. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you had to direct someone listening to Metallica for the first time ever, what three tracks would you say encapsulates them perfectly? Just three. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick from different albums. <laughs> Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Ride the Lightning. From Ride the Lightning. I will pick Sanitarium. Sanitarium from Master of Puppets. I'm trying to do like an instrumental, one of their ones where you kind of have the acoustic stuff and then it kicks off. Mm-hmm. And then I want something completely aggressive, and that'd be Dire's Eve. So oh, you yeah. get the the kind of out of this world, massive long instrumental. You get the this is emotional, and by the end of it, you're like, what's just happened to me? And you get the I'm going to get literally kicked in the gut because this is just ferocious. That's there you go. Fuck yeah, I like that. Love that. Did you ever watch the um? So Metallica made like a full-on movie called Through the Never. <laughs> Went to the cinema. Say when yeah. I was like growing up in Jersey, uh, like our little cinema that we have was only doing one showing of it. And I was fully expecting every metalhead on the island to be there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to book tickets. It was just me, two other people, and one other group of people. That's like... Oh. I was like, I was fully expecting like all the secret metalheads to like converge in this one place. And that yeah. was sad. Oh, me and a few mates went to me, Angus, and a few mates went to um, IMAX in Ooh, Christ. Nice. Is, it in, is it Waterloo? And it was literally like above our head, and I was like, it was so loud, and I was like, uh, I thought the best part of it was well as well to be fair at the end when the kind of credits roll where that is just the band playing Orion mm. just in the middle and I was just like yeah there's none of that other run to be fair I can't, don't even know what the film was going on about it's so um, it was so trippy I can't even imagine what that would have looked like in an IMAX as well because that's what I was going to ask like yeah. just so much shit happens and you're like i i'm glad i don't take drugs because this would be so much worse on drugs <laughs> yeah I, I to be fair i think <laughs> i think i would have had a terrible time i must admit, i can't really remember the, what the vibe of it was but i just remember like i say at the end of it it was just them in the middle and i, I thought that was quite fitting they, they just finished off with orion and i was like oh that's wicked i just remember in in the imax i was like this sounds so massive like i uh, it just was like oh, my fucking chest was pounding and we walked out of there and we were like yeah fucking metallic fucking rule and i was like never watched it again <laughs> <laughs> you know never watched it again i uh my mum bought it for me on dvd so i now own that dvd <laughs> classic yeah i've got but- a, uh, the, the score to it somewhere and it sounds good it sounds very polished <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was such a fucking weird, there was like no storyline to it. I think it was like one of their roadies took something and then something happened in the van and then there was a bag and we never found out what happened in the bag. And then there was like some evil toy clown trying to kill him. I do specifically remember one scene that I thought was really cool. There was like a headless horseman 
trotting down yeah. the street chasing after him and there's just yeah. this one shot of the street and along all the street lights there's just people hanging it's a very morbid image but it looked really cool i was like that's yeah. gonna stay in I my remember, brain I, I certainly remember the the headless horseman thing i also went to the cinema to see it when they when i did um snm2 mm. me and angus went to the cinema and that, i mean it was busy um, and that was cool um, but that's what I felt like that through the never thing could have been. I think they lost a shitload of money on that as well. Like a lot of money. Um, I don't, it's, I'm not surprised. Um, but then of course, you know, they made one of the greatest films ever. Some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, classic. When did Every you, now and then. when did you end up um, seeing, seeing that in your Metallica journey? I it's, I think the day it came out on, I can't remember if it would come out of the cinema or on DVD, and I remember just getting it on that first day. <laughs> I fair play to them, fair play to put yourself out of there. And, and some of the extras are insane. Yeah. If you ever see the extras, and I don't even know if this is on the extras, but there's a thing where Rob, um, Bob Rock, the producer, Kirk and Lars, go into a studio with Ja Rule to work on this rap track. It is fucking chaos. It's so funny. <laughs> and they've got this producer, like, spitting bars at them. And they're like, yeah, this is amazing. And it's it's like The Office. And it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? And they start smoking and playing dice with them. And they're like, it's insane. But I don't even know if that's – it's on the internet. You can watch it on you, on uh, on YouTube. But I just, I remember watching, I think I watched it a few times. And it's just, that's, it's a different world. You know, people have been famous since they were 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time they were 28, 29, they're the biggest band in the world. They went through a tragedy where they lost the kind of, the guy they all idolized died in a horrific way. I mean, I can't even imagine being whatever they were, 25, they're literally on the cusp and then that happens yeah. in such a fucking extreme way. And look, they've, they've lived a really different life to us. And then for them to all of a sudden to be able to go, right, we're going to put ourselves out there. And you walk away thinking, Kirk Hammett's really chill and cool. A little bit strange. Rob Trujillo just seems to, apparently he is the nicest dude as well, Rob Trujillo. Lars, it's just kind of, it's just on a different thing, you know. He had a famous sort of sporting dad. Yeah. Maybe had it, you know, life was maybe a bit easier for him. Um, and you see how kind of damaged James Hetfield is because of his upbringing is completely different. I think Jehovah, completely fucking different. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a, a, a brave thing. But in reality, you're watching, you think that's a really brave idea. But there's some absolute elite comedy gold <laughs> i fucking love it there's some shit that just um, gotta have uh, balance yeah i'm like but there's the, there's a bit in it there's the geezer who's the um the therapist and he leans over to james and he goes here you go and he wrote some lyrics it's so and James is like, cheers, looks at the lyrics. Mm. <laughs> I was in the bin. It's just like David Brent. Mm. And I was just like, 
<laughs> oh god, I'm gonna have to watch. It. I've got it on Blu-ray. I'm gonna have to watch it. It's <laughs> top tier. Bringing it all back now. <laughs> oh god, I'm cracking my mouth hurts because I'm cracking up because it's so so mental. <laughs> uh, you mentioned okay. there as well that um you've met a couple of members of Metallica. So who mm-hmm. have you met and when did that happen? Well, I met Jason Newstead, which is insane because he hadn't been in Metallica for like 13 years at this point. And I was doing fest I was at festival doing interviews. There's me and Angus, uh our, our TM and someone and I'm doing an interviews. This is before um and all of a sudden, in the backstage area, and all of a sudden, all these other people, I'm like, what, kind of like watching people. All these other people who are in big bands and what have you, I'm like, like looking, it was like meerkats. And I'm like in this interview, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on over here? And I'm trying to not be, you know, trying to, I'm trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of wandered out of the interview, climbed up like this pole at download <laughs> in the back area. I was like, fucking Jason Newstead. I jumped down. I was like, Angus, we need to go. Ollie, get your camera. And all of a sudden, you can be whoever. You can be the headliner, whatnot, and all these other big bands. But a guy's walked in who was in the biggest metal band of all time when they were the biggest band. And no one's really going to him. And I think everyone's just staring at him like, you haven't really been seen in 13 years, and here you are. And I was like, fuck that. Get out my... Get yeah. out of my way. Couldn't give a bollocks, mate. Get out of my way. And I was just like, and it was weird. It was a day we played the day before, but we were doing press the next day. And before he went into like his area, and I felt like he got certainly treated a bit better, even though they weren't headlining. Mm. They weren't on his Newstead band, wasn't on the main stage or the second. But he's still Jason Newstead. He still probably had a lot of the different, he's, you know, looked after. And I was like, mate, sorry to do this can I grab a photo? He's like, yeah, sure, man. And I just remember looking at him and he's had short hair and I looked at him and he just looked like Lou Reed. And I was like, fuck's sake. And he's, I don't know if I, why I thought he was going to have the big undercut, like mm-hmm. the long hair looking like this fucking angry. And I was just like, I just looked like a granddad, mate. And I, just, I was just like, oh, and I was like, yeah, man, you're the reason I play bass. And he's like, how's that going for you? And I was like, fucking great. <laughs> That was it. And we took the picture and me and Angus never do like the, I've never do like the metal signs. It's not, I've just never really do it. Mm-hmm. But Angus is like that. He doesn't do it either. Angus is like doing a metal sign and I'm doing like a thumbs up. I never do that stuff in pictures. And then he walked away and me and Angus walked back into the press thing and just sat there. And I can only liken it to, there's an episode of Father Ted where Father Ted kicks Bishop Bren- Brennan up the arse. And he goes into shock because mm-hmm. he can't believe he kicked him up the arse. And he's just sat there. And I just remember me and Angus sat there. I still hasn't fucking been 10 years. Still hasn't <laughs> sunk in. And I'm just sat there. And I looked at Angus and I was like, no way. <laughs> that was it for the rest of the day. Just like, but the best one, so we play in Sonosphere. And this is, this is quite funny. Like with everything that's happened. And I remember telling the person this story. Mm. So I've sorted all some of my best mates out for Sonosphere and me and Angus went hang the bastard and um go to go into the backstage area. And Metallica, as most headliners, they have their own backstage well. 
you know. So, yep. You know. So I walk in and there's like Angus and a three of our mates just sort of staring like in shock. And I can't see what they're staring at because I haven't quite walked backstage yet. Yeah. And I'm like, you are lads. And they're like, look. And I look. And there's Kirk Hammett with like his security guard and he's like, like roadie who you see on loads of metallica things and someone's given him like a free guitar case or something i think he'd come out to say thanks and i've looked at him and i swear my heart was going insane <laughs> and i was my hardest to play it cool i went give him some space <laughs> like that <laughs> and i walked but i walked beyond them pretending i was on the phone but i was getting the camera ready and i was like right oh god and i was trying i was like lads fucking come away and fucking die it's not and this is the thing i'm like god knows this is how i know if i met hetfield i'd absolutely faint and i was like Fuck. and he started to walk past us to go into like he's backstage world and i was like i ain't gonna oh, it's not gonna happen i can't just go over there he's got this massive dude with him and i swear to fuck around the corner it was like it was like a glow mm. around the corner i'd never met him at the time joe de plantier walks around the corner and Kirk goes, hey, man. He leaves his security guard, high-fives Joe, and I swear at that moment, I fucking moonwalked. I was smooth <laughs> as anything. And next thing, I'm next to Kirk, and I'm like, mate, I am never getting this opportunity again. Can I have a photo? And he's just like, yeah, sure, man. Took the photo, and his security guard was like, hey. And I was like, I've fucking done it now, mate. Like that. <laughs> I walked off, looked at my mates like the most vicious. Untouchable. Really, a vicious football fan, and I was standing there looking at me, and I was like, "Oh God, it sounds so fucking bad," but my adrenaline was going insane. Yeah, and I was like, "How do you fucking do it?" Like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> and I was like that, and it went silent, and someone just went, "Did you even press snap?" And I snap. <laughs> I was like, "I'm not going to even remember taking the photo." Yeah. Snap. That's always makes me laugh. Did you even press snap? And I was like. I don't fucking know. I couldn't even remember. I couldn't even remember, like, yeah. on the phone and taking a picture. And I was like, guys, I need to go and lay down on the beanbags. <laughs> I was just like, oh. like, bring me water, bring me a brown bag so I can breathe. And I text my mum, and I don't know if you'll know this reference. I was like, look who I've just met. And she went, oh, Wagner from X Factor. Oh, my so God, I do get that. And I was like, no, mum. And she's like, oh, okay. That's nice. And I was just there like, guys, I'm, like, I'm laying there on the beanbag, like someone's holding my arm. I'm like, oh, I can't believe what's just happened to me. And it was just, oh, uh, fucking hell. And luckily I walked off because Lars come out. Thank, I, I don't even know what I would have been like. Mm. But thankfully I was long gone by then. But oh, I tell you, I, I thought that was it for me. Like, fan me down, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, bring me aqua. I am struggling here. But it was so funny. So I was saying it to Joe. And I was like, and God, and he was like, yeah. And I went, then you walked around the corner, mate. And I was like, Joe, it's at that moment that I did realise that the French were more romantic. And he's like, <laughs> shut up, man. And I was like, honestly, it's like the best looking man I've ever seen. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck it. Yeah, no, so Joe, Joe was your guardian angel in the moment you needed him the most. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, uh, I, it's so funny. And then obviously fast forward X amount of years and we're now like pals. But like, oh, uh, you know, because so, obviously we, we're massive Metallica bands and he was telling us stuff and I won't go into that. And it's like, oh, fucking hell, wicked. And um, 
yeah, saying that the last shows with Gajira we did, obviously we did the album, we spent so much time with him. Mm-hmm. And he come up to me and he was just like, I finally get you. He was like, I know you're really, really, he was like, I know you're funny. I just don't know what you're going on about, but I know I think it's funny. And he gave me a hug and I was like, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think, he was like, I, I just don't understand you. what you, yeah, he was, like, he was just like, I just don't understand the fucking word you go on about. He says, he just sits there, I'm like laughing at you, like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we both, we all just spoke about Metallica for like mm-hmm. two and a half weeks in New York. And that's literally, that was our thing. So, yeah, there you go. That's my, that's me meeting Metallica. So do you think, because I imagine the chances would be likely, do you think there is still moments to come where you could potentially meet James Hetfield? I couldn't, I could Now, if, do you know, if someone went to me, go on, I just couldn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, like last week, RTM, he works for a guy called Glenn Hughes, who's in Deep Purple, mm-hmm. one of the greatest singers in any genre ever. And he's, I'm a massive Glenn Hughes fan. And he's just like, yeah, come, he played Bex Hill, this beautiful venue down here. And he was like, come and meet Glenn. And I was just like, he's like in his 70s now. And I was just like, fuck. But as soon as I was there, I was fine. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, cool. And I was like, talk about football. Glenn's a big football guy. And I was like, well, we're going to be best mates. And we spoke about football for ages. And um, But with Hetfield, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even bother. Yeah, you want to preserve a, that image. Yeah. And if the thing, if, if he was if he was a bit of a... If, if, if he wasn't what I wanted him to be, it would break my heart. Yeah, so. of course. You know what I mean? But I'd say that if he did tell me to fuck off, I'd be like, they literally don't give a shit. So, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I, I kind of had the same things. Like one of my other favorite bands is Hailstorm. And uh-huh. like Lizzie Hale is like my biggest idol ever. And I've mm-hmm. often said that I reckon I could probably like meet Slash and keep my cool. But if I met Lizzie Hale, I would just like, have to tell her how much I love her and how much she means to me and how much she changed my life. And then I've met her twice this year now. And when I last time I met her at the Heavy Music Awards, I didn't know she was going to be there. And I'd met her before at this point. So like we had a conversation before very briefly and it was amazing as always. She's so lovely. And she's also like one of my biggest crushes ever. And at the Heavy Music Awards, I was like all dressed up, you know, looking fancy. And the first thing she said to me, she was like, oh, hey, Jasmine, you look gorgeous. And like looked me up and down. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's me done yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you ever listened to it. She done a song with um one of her favorite singers I don't know too much about her, but I know one of her favourite singers is Tom Keefer from Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And she done a song with Tom Keefer, uh, recording, it's wicked, but she did, there's a live version of it. And that, that in certainly today in, in rock and metal, when they go, a, anyone who sings a little bit, anyone goes, God, that's, that person sounds like, I mean, I've heard some ones where they've gone, it sounds like Tina Turner. There's no one in rock and metal that sound like Tina Turner. Let's get it right. It's what you think. People say that. I feel like people say that if they, if you haven't listened to enough, 
I'm a big soul guy. I don't know if you know, you know, I mean, I've got a big fucking portrait of Sam Cooke there, Otis Redding there, whatnot. My cat's called Otis after Otis Redding. So when people talk about, you know, I've got myself into some trouble because I'm quite vocal. There's a certain singer of a certain band that are really big at the moment. And someone was like, oh my God, he's like this and that. And I was like, you need to go listen to the first two George Michael records. If you think that person's that what you're saying, your life will change mm. if you go and do that. But Lizzie, I think, is on another level to a lot of singers, male, female, fucking cat, dog, whatever. She's on another level to a lot of uh, singers in this rock and metal world. And um, I, I'll send you this thing she does with Tom Kiefer, this live yeah. version. And their voices mesh so well because she, that sort of screaming thing. And it's just sad for Tom Kiefer, his vocal cords on one of his sides have been paralysed three times. And so he only can use one part of his voice. And she, wow, I'll send you it. It's nobody's fault. And it's, it's, she could do, if she wanted to do something outside of this, yeah. she can easily do it. Literally, um, I don't know too much about that. I don't know much about that that group at all. I will say that, but she's she's extremely extremely fucking talented. And I have met Slash. Oh, when he was in Velvet Revolver. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when I did, I bunked off a of school and met him in Hammersmith. How many times have you bunked yeah. off of a school for rock and metal? What? Mm, I did bunk off school once to see Machine Head and I met Ricky Gervais and Stephen <laughs> Merchant and Ricky oh, Gervais called me mate when he was at school. He was on the way to do the radio show and um, he called me mate, Greg. And he's like, mate, I can't talk. I'm in fucking geography. And I went, guess who's the... <laughs> I gave the phone to Ricky and he's like, Greg? Greg he's in uh, Tottenham Court Road. He's like, Greg? And he's like, yeah. And he went, oh, it was, all Ricky Gervais did was like, <laughs> down the phone and okay Greg was like who the fuck's that well that's Ricky Gervais and all I heard was a teacher go Greg and he went miss I just met Ricky Gervais and the phone went dead <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I bumped off a, a, a fair few times one time I did get caught I was trying to sneak out early and the head of the year caught me and brought me back to school in his car so then the rumour was like oh, oh Mr Graham's no. had a bit of nally yeah oh, I was like, I, and I was like he hasn't you know, because <laughs> I was like, as much as I was a metal and rock guy, I was also a big sport person. Right. So I was just like the kind of go between. And I was like, I didn't, nothing happened with me and Mr. Graham. You know, <laughs> he just caught me trying to bunk off. I bought a sausage roll and I was like, I bet you did. And I was like, I fucking did. Just making it worse. So I, was on the, I was on the way to see Slayer, a Slayer and Sepultura, and uh, I think System of Down, I think, at this story. I think it was that show. And I was like, fucking hell. I ended up getting there. It's just obviously, I had to, you know, as a kid, you want to be at the front and be. And yeah, now I couldn't think of anything fucking worse. <laughs> I, think, I think I went to the front for Slayer the next year, 2000s and whatever it was, 2002. And I was like, never again. <laughs> like, I've never been anywhere near the front of the show again. I was just like, horrific. Oh, just I'm remember feeling awful. Absolutely back of the room kind of gal. <laughs> No, I fucking I prefer to stand at the venue. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I've become one of those people. I, I, and that sounds really bad. Like, 
I'm just like, I just want to, I just nip out, just be, avoid the rush. Yeah, e- easy escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Right, I, so, have, yeah, so that, that's... I have one more question for you for the last uh-huh. five minutes on this. Mm-hmm. What kind of Metallica merch do you own? Do you remember like your first Metallica band shirt that you bought? What's the weirdest piece of like Metallica um, memorabilia you have? I got a Metallica summer san- summer sanitarium shirt. I think ninety nine. I ordered that in from a catalogue. I have one second. I have this cool thing, which some people. So they reissued loads of vinyls the last few years. Mm-hmm. But there's this box set that a lot of people don't have. It's an Justice for All box set. Oh, that's a chunky boy. And yeah, and it's not... They recently did a remaster of this album on box set, but this isn't that. And that is it. Ooh. And it's just got literally a track or two per side. That, someone was like, my aunt's bought me this. He was like, I don't like Metallica. Give me an offer. And I was like, £20. It's worth a lot more than £20. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a death magnetic coffin, um, which is somewhere. And it's in the coffin. There's flags, CDs, DVDs. Right, okay. I've got got some books. Obviously, I've got all the vinyls and shit. Um, I've got some really r- wicked kind of books like that they've been doing. They released uh, one of the, the photographer released a whole black album. Mm-hmm book um covering them in the studio and on tour um but don't my my i've got this really cool master of puppets book they've done which they've got loads of fans and friends of that era to send in pictures and stories from that time that's cool and it's cool because stuff that's just not been seen before mm-hmm. um and you know that's something but yeah i think this this justice box set that's certainly one one of my sort of like wicked prized possessions. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Metallica, I did have, I had the St. Anger t shirt. Angus still has his. You know, when Angus gets a little bit angry, St. Angus. I was just going to make that. Ang- yeah. I was going to make he that. He really pun. annoyed. I sent a picture. He got really annoyed with his pedal ball at practice once and he was like that. So I took a quick picture, painted all the shit around it, and I called it St. Angus. And I've got, like, I've got the artwork ready to go. <laughs> and there's a picture of us and Joe DePlante in the studio. And I was like, we're going to do a Metallica-like uh, St. Anger cover cover album with us with Joe. And he's just like, are we? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to appear on it, but I need to let people know that there was a possibility, which he didn't agree to, but I told him <laughs> there was. Um, and I told him about it was going to be called St. Angus. Um, but, yeah, I used to have loads of merch stuff. I used to have loads of T-shirts and mm. You know, over time, put on a bit of timber. Can't wear too many metal shirts, you know. And uh, I kind of got rid of bits and bobs over time. But um, I kind of, I, I had to balance out, like, I like buying, like, box sets from bands now. That's my new sort of favourite thing. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, um, if I had the space... I might be having a bad time, <laughs> but I have to be wise. There are there are worse things to be addicted to than band merch. <laughs> mm, well, there was a mm, my my parents' attic might tell you otherwise. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll go and oh, and I still do have a copy of Saint Anger from the day I bunked off. Um, but yeah, my parents at it. God bless them. I go up there and I'm like, oh, God, I can't let go of this one. I haven't yeah. worn it in twenty years. I'm like, oh, I can't. Just can't in do case, that. maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, and I think about eBay, and I'm like, no, it's not, not yet, not yet. It'd be too hard for me to deal with. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, there's less than a minute left on this call now, so we're going to wrap up there. So again, thank you mm. for having this chat with me. I hope you had a good time, and I hope it's. <laughs> been fun yeah, thank you for having me That's yeah okay. thank you for having me and i will probably see you in december you will see me in december because i have to make that up to you for missing the last one how dare you never be, never be forgiven that's okay i can live with that <laughs> <laughs> because i'm sure i'll chat to you before then anyway <laughs> yeah probably in about five minutes yeah. uh, <laughs> cool have a nice later. evening bye bye Thank you for listening to I'm Your Biggest Fan. If you enjoyed what you heard, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, send it to your nan in the post. Every little helps. You can follow us everywhere at biggestfan underscore pod. Follow me everywhere at rathchild underscore jazz. Noise at Noise UK on everything. Noise Podcast Network at Noise Podcast Network on everything. And Satanic Tico at Satanic Tico and at Pitch Black Nor. If you have a band member in mind that you think would be perfect for this podcast, perfect for this topic of conversation, or maybe you are the band member and you're the super fan, drop us a comment, drop us an email. All other info can be found below in the description. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>